God desires for us to be filled with the knowledge of His glory presence. In this message, we share how to follow the cloud of His presence so that we journey with God. We must learn to treasure His presence. Let's press in for more of His presence. All right, we're going to uh, get ready to make our declaration, and I want us to just look at one verse of Scripture, uh, Matthew, uh, from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 9. So if you have your Bibles, uh, you could turn there with me, Matthew, chapter 9, and verse 29, Matthew 9, verse 29. Here's an incident in the ministry of Jesus where there were two blind men who had been brought to Jesus, and uh, uh, Jesus asked, you know, they were crying out, saying, Son of David, have mercy on us. And he asked them, you know, do you believe that I'm able to do this? And they responded. They said, yes, Lord. And then in verse 29 of Matthew chapter 9, Jesus tells them, he makes the statement, according to your faith, let it be to you. So we could call this the law of faith, if you want. According to your faith, be it unto Right? So there's really nobody, there's no power on earth, no power from hell that can withhold something that you've extended your faith for. Because the law of faith says, according to your faith, be it unto you. That's the law of faith. As you extend your faith because of the word of God, because of the promise that God has made, as you extend your faith towards something and you refuse to give up on it, that word will be established according to your faith. It will be done for you. Amen? Is God's word true? It is. His word is true. Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. So you and I can lock into his word and have faith in that according to your faith, it will be done for you. Don't give up on it. Sometimes things don't happen, you know, instantaneously. The, you know, we, we all like instantaneous, you know, flip the switch and you know, it comes on. Sometimes things don't happen instantaneously, but you still have your grip. On his word, with your faith. You don't give up on it. Because according to your faith, it will be done for you. Now faith speaks. How can you know you have faith? You're having faith for something. Faith speaks. Faith expresses itself one way. Through the words we speak. So speak words of faith. Amen? Over your circumstance. Over your situation. Over your problem. Over your challenge. Over your children. Over your present, over your future. Speak words of faith. Don't change those words. Sometimes things go from bad to worse, but you don't change your words. You're speaking your faith. Because that's his word. His word doesn't change just based on your circumstances. So your faith will not change. You, you keep speaking. This is what God has said. You declare it. And according to your faith, it will be done for. Amen. So, let's rise up to our feet and we're going to make our declaration. This morning, you may not feel like it, but you still say it. You still make your declaration. It's not about how you feel, but it's about what he has declared for us in his word. So, let's raise our Bibles high up in the air. Say this out loud, bold and strong. This is God's word. This is God speaking to me. 
I am who God says I am. I can do what God says I can do. I will become everything God has promised. I'm saved, healed, delivered, redeemed. I am blessed, victorious, prosperous, triumphant. I'm a minister of God, a servant of Christ, and a channel of His blessing to many people. I receive His word. I believe His word. And I live by His word. Christ is my master. And to Him, I am in absolute surrender. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Turn around to the person sitting next to you, front of you, behind you. Say hi. Get to know them. And uh, you can be seated. Uh, today is our last uh, message in this series that we've been talking about the presence of God. And uh, what we've been trying to do over the last several Sundays is uh, uh, just awaken us to uh, pressing in to more of God, to pressing in to more of His presence uh, and experiencing that. And uh, we just want to you know, conclude this series. It doesn't mean we stop pursuing the presence of God just because the series is over. That's not it. We're going to keep pressing on, right? Uh, but this is just to waken us into this whole thing. Uh, I want to quickly uh, remind ourselves about some of the things we've discussed uh, about on this subject. We talked about the omnipresence of God, which is God is present everywhere. He is omniscient. Yet, although God is present everywhere, doesn't mean that people, you know, just fall on the streets or under the trees and repent and turn to God. It seems like that omnipresence of God does not affect people much. We talked about the, the promised presence that God is with each one of us as believers. He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. He said, when two or three of you are gathered together, I am there. Uh, The Holy Spirit is dwelling in us. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. So each of us as believers have the promised presence of God. And yet, there are times when we don't, or we do things that are contrary to God. Even though we have the promised presence. So that doesn't really impact us that much. So what we've been talking about is the manifest presence of God. Meaning, here, the presence of God becomes tangible to our spirit senses or our natural senses. Are you with me so far? Right. So you're talking about the manifest presence that you can feel, you recognize, you know God is here in this place. That's the manifest presence. That means in your spiritual senses or your physical senses, there is this recognition, there is this awareness of God being in our midst or God being with you. Uh, he's there. He's covering you. Uh, we also said that there are, there are various degrees of the presence of God. Just like temperature, you know, you can have 20 degrees, you can have 200 degrees, you can have 2,000 degrees. There are various degrees of the intensity of the presence of God. And, and uh, there are things that, which tend to hold up at 20 degrees, but if you bring them to 200, they're going to melt. And so also things in our lives, which may be able to withstand uh, under, you know, the casual things that we do, but when we come into the uh, to higher intensities of the presence of God, they're going to give way and there's going to be change and there's going to be transformation taking place in our lives as we expose ourselves uh, to higher intensities of the presence of God. And so we, we've been talking about these things. And then we, we talked about various manifestations of the presence of God, how God's presence uh, uh, 
is manifested to us. Sometimes the presence of God is like fire. Sometimes it's like rain. Sometimes it's like light. Sometimes it's the glory of God's presence that comes upon us. And, and we talked about those things. So this morning I want to kind of bring all of this together and focus on one very important aspect. Uh, and focus on one important aspect which is following the leading of God's presence. I want to focus in on that. But let's just review a, a few things here about, about the glory of God. When we talked about the glory of God, we talked about the fact that the glory of God is a manifestation of who God is and what he does. So what is glory? It's, it's something that's tangible to us as an expression of who God is. And the kinds of things he does. His nature, his character, his works. We also said glory is the atmosphere of heaven. Just like air is the atmosphere of earth. So if you step into heaven, any corner you go, it's filled with glory. What is it? It's that awareness. It's the fullness of God's presence. Any place you go, it's filled with glory. With who God is. What he does. And it is the desire of God's heart that his glory Fill the earth. That's the heart, desire of God's heart. In the book of Numbers, chapter 2, uh, verse 14, uh, we see right there, God says, The earth will be filled with my glory, or with the glory of the Lord's. The earth will be filled with his glory. Numbers 14, 21. So God's desire is that, and that context in Numbers 14 is that that. Through his people, through a people that he will call out to himself, he will fill the earth with his glory, with manifestations, expressions of who he really is and the kinds of things he does. But he also said in the book of Habakkuk chapter 2 and verse 14, he said the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory. So that's something different. He wants people to know his glory, the knowledge of the glory. To know, right? And so here we are on our journey to have knowledge of the glory of God. Uh, we don't claim to know everything. We're still learning. We're still understanding. What is this glory like? What does it feel like to be in His presence, in the glory of His presence? What would, what does this glory manifest like? We're still learning, and 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 each time we learn, we share, we begin to make our journey, we begin to press into it. We want to live out the knowledge we're receiving. But God said the earth will be filled with the knowledge of his glory. So we need to know. What is his glory? What's it like? What's it like to receive from that glory? We talked about the fact that the glory of God is often associated with the cloud. And that the cloud represents the fact that it's going to rain. And, 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 and we must... There is substance in it that wants to pour out on us. So when the glory of God's manifested, it means God is saying, I want to pour out on you. I want to release rain upon you. And we need to know how to receive that from the glory of God. So it's God's desire for his glory to fill the earth. And we are learning about it. We must understand that where he dwells, his glory abides. Where he dwells, his glory See, God wants to dwell among his people. In the Old Testament, it was, a, it was a physical temple. In the New Testament, it's you and me. And he wants to dwell amongst us. And where he dwells, his glory is made known. His glory abides. Look at some scriptures here in Isaiah, the fourth chapter, verses five and six. Isaiah is prophesying about the future. And this is what he says. 
And the Lord will create upon every dwelling place of Mount Zion and upon her assemblies a cloud and smoke by day and the shining of a flaming fire by night. For upon all the glory shall be a defense. Now Isaiah is prophesying. He's saying, you know, God's going to come into a time. He's going to bring us into a time when all over Mount Zion, there's going to be a cloud and a fire. Upon every place, every dwelling place, every gathering place, there'll be the cloud and a fire. That is something God is going to do in the future. But it is already something God has done in the past. When his people were journeying through the wilderness, there was the cloud and there was the... And now Isaiah is saying, God is going to do that. He's going to do it in the future. And what is that cloud and fire? He continues in that same verse. He says, for upon all the glory. So what is that cloud and fire? It's the glory. In the, in number, in the book of Exodus and Numbers, when it describes the journey of the people, it talks about the glory of God coming like a cloud and fire. Now Isaiah is prophesying into the future. He's saying that same cloud and fire, God's going to put it up on everyone. And what is that? It's the glory. God wants his glory. But what does that glory do? It says that glory will be a defense. It will be a protective covering over his people. Are you with me? So the glory of God upon us protects us. It's our defense. Isaiah 58 and verse 8 says, The glory of God will be a rear guard. It will be your defense. It will be a covering of protection. Nothing can penetrate. So to dwell, so where God dwells, His glory abides. And when you and I abide in that glory, we are in a place of immunity. Are you with me? Because His glory will be your defense. In Isaiah 11 and verse 10, Isaiah once again prophesying. He's talking about the Lord Jesus. He says, in that day, the root of Jesse, meaning the Lord Jesus, he will stand as a signal or as a sign or as an emblem for the people. And the nations will come to inquire of him. People will come. And his resting place, his dwelling place will be glorious. Or the revised version says, his resting place shall be glory. Where God rests, where God dwells, his glory abides. Amen? Now, you and I, as a community, as a people, must desire and say, God, we want, we want to be a dwelling place of God. Because when you dwell amongst us, your glory will abide on, on us. Amen? Are you understanding this? And what and what will happen when God's glory is seen upon his people? The Bible says the Gentiles will come. Kings will come. People will come. They want to be a part of this. Inside the heart of every man is a genuine hunger for this glory. They don't want church or just religion. They want the I want glory. I want to know who God is. Really? Yes. That's inside every person. So we host God's presence. His glory abides among us. The Gentiles will come. Kings will come. Your sons and daughters will come from afar, God says. Are you with me? Amen? So this is what we are pressing into and are seeking God and saying, God, we want this. Uh, we want to dwell in this. We want to walk in this. Now, in this closing message, I want to just emphasize one important thing, which is that you and I as people must learn to move with the presence of God. We must learn to follow the cloud of his presence. Both personally and collectively, as uh, corporately, as, as, a, as a community, as a people of God. We'll go to the book of Numbers. 
chapter 9, and we read verses 15 to 23, Numbers chapter 9, verses 15 to 23, which is one of the passages that records how the people of God made their journey through the wilderness. How do they make this journey? Numbers chapter 9, verses 15 to 23, and I'll read this whole passage for us, just for us to get an understanding of this. Verse 15, now on the day that the tabernacle was raised up, the cloud covered the tabernacle. The tent of the testimony, from evening until morning, it was about the tabernacle like the appearance of fire. So it was always the cloud covered it by day and the appearance of fire by night. Whenever the cloud was taken up from above the tabernacle, after that the children of Israel would journey. And the place where the cloud settled, there the children of Israel would pitch their tents. At the command of the Lord, the children of Israel would journey. And at the command of the Lord, they would camp. As long as the cloud stayed above the tabernacle, they remained encamped. Even when the cloud continued long, many days above the tabernacle, the children of Israel kept the charge of the Lord and did not journey. Verse 20. So it was when the cloud was above the tabernacle a few days, according to the command of the Lord, they would remain encamped. And according to the command of the Lord, they would journey. So it was when the cloud remained only from evening until morning. When the cloud was taken up in the morning, then they would journey. Whether by day or by night, whenever the cloud was taken up, they would journey. Whether it was two days, a month, or a year, that the cloud remained above the tabernacle, the children of Israel would remain encamped and not journey. But when it was taken up, they would journey. At the command of the Lord, they remained encamped. And at the command of the Lord, they journeyed. They kept the charge of the Lord at the command of the Lord by the hand of Moses. Now the New Testament tells us that everything that happened to the people of Israel as they journeyed, that those things were written for us as examples, things that we could learn from, so that we can receive the admonition of the Lord, what God wants to speak to us through that, upon whom the ends of the world has come. So this passage that we read from the Old Testament, it's not just, okay, yeah, this nice thing happened to them, good for them. No, it's something that we have to learn from and apply to our lives. Are you with me? So what can you take from that? That when they journeyed, they only moved the, when the cloud moved and when God gave them a command to move. Otherwise, they stayed. When the cloud stayed, they stayed. When the cloud moved, they moved. Whether it was day or night, they followed the cloud or the, the fire. They followed the pillar. That was manifestation of God's presence, the cardboard glory. They followed the presence of God. Sometimes the cloud remained for a long time. They didn't get impatient and say, okay, God, you know, you stay here. We'll go ahead. <laughs> they didn't do that. They just stayed. If the cloud stayed, they stayed. And the Bible says there are lessons we have to learn from that. What's the lesson? Simple. Follow the clouds. Move with the presence of God. As God leads. As, follow the cloud and his command. Move with the presence. Move with the words. Learn to flow with God's presence. And that's important for us collectively as a congregation that we learn to move with the cloud. But it also is important individually, personally, in your own walk with God. You and I as individuals must learn to follow the clouds. The presence of God. How God is moving on us. 
now we can extend this to a, a, a journey that we make, which is what they were doing, journeying into their inheritance, their promise. We can extend that. But what I want to do is that use that to talk about us learning to respond correctly to the presence of God in a certain engagement encounter that we have with God. So let's say we've come together in a service and we are seeking God. Or you by yourself, you're spending an hour in the presence of God. It's important that even in that hour that you are spending with God, that you learn how to follow the cloud of His presence. Or when we come together, as a congregation, and we spend an hour in, in, in worship or f- whatever time it is, that we learn to follow the leading of His presence. Are you with me? So we're going to talk about that in a few minutes. But I want us to understand that we must value the presence of God. In Exodus 33, Moses was this great leader leading this huge nation of people. What was his key? He simply followed God's presence. Exodus 33 verses 14 and 15. God assures Moses, my presence will go with you. And you know what Moses says? God, if your presence does not go with us, we are not moving. That's how much he valued the presence of God. If your presence doesn't go with us, we are not going anywhere. We're here. That's it. He valued the presence. And you and I as believers, you know, we must value the presence of God. It must become so important for us saying, God, if your presence is not upon my life, if your presence is not here in this congregation, God, we're not doing anything. Amen. Now, sad to say that in the history of Israel, as you journey through the book of Old Testament, there were times when the presence of God departed from among them. That's when in one case in 2 Samuel 4, you get the term, Ikabot, meaning the Kabot has departed. The glory has departed. No long, no more kabod. Ikabod. God's glory has left his people. It happens. Now here's the thing. Today, today's church, we know how to do church pretty well. We can actually have church without the presence. We don't need the presence to have church. We know how to start a service. We know how to end a service and do everything in between. We know how to run ministry. I mean, we've got it all figured out. We can automate a lot of things. It'll just happen. So the danger is, you can have church and do ministry without the presence. Because we figured it out. But that's not the way we want to do it. We, first and foremost, must value, treasure, pursue, desire, hunger, be committed to the presence of God. Amen? Without the presence, all of this means nothing. It means nothing. If God is not amongst us, it means nothing. So we must value, we must treasure that. Say, God, without your presence... We're not going to do anything. Amen? So, let's talk about, you know, when God is moving, when the cloud of His presence is moving on you individually or us collectively, how should we follow? What would happen? What are the different responses that God desires of us as His presence uh, comes upon us? And I'm not saying we know everything, but we're just sharing what we do know at this time. I'm sure in two years from now or three years from now, we come back and talk again about the presence of God. I am sure we'll be able to talk a lot more. And show a lot more and, you know, and just move into this whole subject a, deep, a whole lot deeper. But at this point, we're going to talk about what we do know at this time. About the knowledge of the glory of God. What we have at this time. And, and, and we're going to walk in it. We're going to practice it. We're going to live in it. And, and operate in it. So when God's presence moves amongst us as a people, 
God is desiring us not only to recognize His presence, but also respond correctly to His presence, because only when we respond correctly are we going to receive what He has come to release in our midst. If we don't recognize the presence, we are not going to receive. We don't respond correctly. We're not going to receive. So it's very important that we recognize the presence and respond correctly to what God wants to do. And this is true when you, in your own personal time with God, and you're spending time with God, that you respond correctly. We've talked about at least two important ways that you and I can step into that presence. First, praise. You praise God until you move into worship, and you continue in worship until the glory comes. We've talked about that. Do you remember that? So you enter his gates with thanksgiving, with praise. You know, but it's not like, okay, let me sing one song of praise, one song of worship, and I'll say, God, see you tomorrow. It's not like that. No. You praise until you get into worship. And you worship until the glory of God comes on you. You can feel the manifest presence of God. And every believer can step into that. That's one way. The second way is through meditation in the word. And, and, and as you just open up the word and, and you begin to engage with the word and you begin to declare that word, the word of God ushers in the presence of God upon you. So just sitting in a place and opening the Bible, meditating in it and just declaring his word will open up the presence of God because his cardboard presence to come on you. So reading the Bible is never a boring thing. Sometimes you hardly get past half a verse and the presence of God has come upon you. Now, if that's not the time to be worried about your Bible reading plan. Oh God, today I'm supposed to read the whole chapter. I've only read half a verse. Forget about your plan. Respond to the presence of God. Because His presence is more important than your Bible reading plan. Are you with me? That's not the time when the cardboard presence of God, the heavy, very glory of God's come upon you. That's not the time to worry about your cell phone. It doesn't matter who is calling you. Sorry. That's not the time to worry about your emails. Full attention to the presence of God. Because you don't want to miss what he's come to do in your life at that moment. Are you with me? Because his presence has come upon you for a purpose. Whether you've entered into that in your time of praise and worship. Or whether that the presence has come upon you the moment you've just started reading half a verse. It doesn't matter. You give full attention to the presence of God. God, what you want me? How do you want me to respond? I'm going to respond. Or us collectively. Sunday morning you've come together to worship God. And you feel the presence of God coming. How does he want to respond? I want to mention five things here and then we close. Wow, that's a long sermon. No, no. But be quick. First, sometimes the response God wants from us at that moment is just stillness and waiting. Just stillness and Look at these verses. Habakkuk 2 and verse 20. The Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth keep silent. Don't say a thing. Let all the earth keep, just don't say. Just be still. Just be in his presence. Don't even say praise the Lord. Sometimes, you know, some of us, anything touches us, praise the Lord. <laughs> instead of saying hallelujah, praise the I mean, instead of saying good morning, praise the Lord. It's, it's just, don't even say that. The Lord is in his holy temple and all the earth keep. Just be still, be quiet. God will do the work. So there are times, whether in your personal time with God and your presence of God has come or when we've gathered together, all God wants us to do is keep, just keep quiet, just shh. 
That's why it's good to put your cell phone off in church. Because when we are in that moment, when we are supposed to be silent and somebody's cell phone rings, oh man. You know, I don't bring, I don't carry my phone with me into any church meetings. I don't. Right now my phone's in the car. God bless whoever wants to call me, it's there. I don't bring it into any church meetings. I don't want to be disturbed. Only last Sunday I brought it because I want to read that testimony to you. I don't bring it. I don't want to be disturbed. Finished. It's in the car. So, nothing. Just turn it off. Because when God is there, all he wants. So there are times when all we do is just remain silent in his presence. Because he is doing a work. And let him do what he wants. Just remain silent. That is the response he's requiring of us. And that's not the time to get into anything. Remain silent. I'll look at another verse there in uh, Zechariah chapter 2, verses 10 to 13. Just follow the progression of these verses. Verse 10 says, Sing and rejoice, O daughter of Zion. For behold, I am coming. I will dwell in your midst, says the Lord. So here, God is saying, I'm coming. I'm coming to dwell among my people. And what response does he want? Sing and rejoice. But let's continue on. Many nations shall be joined to the Lord in that day and they shall become my people and I will dwell in your midst. Then you will know that the Lord of hosts has sent me to you and the Lord will take possession of Judah as his inheritance of the Holy Land and will again choose Jerusalem. But now look at verse 13. Be silent all flesh before the Lord for he is aroused from his holy habitation. Very interesting. Two different responses. To God coming to dwell and God moving in his temple. There are times he wants us to sing and rejoice. He's coming, he's dwelling, he's gathering people as his own inheritance. But there are also times when he says, be silent. When God is aroused, God is moving in his temple. So what's the first response? Stillness, silence. So maybe even in your own room. As you're reading the Bible or you're praying and the presence of God comes. Sometimes all God wants you to do is just sit quiet. Let him do his work. Because he is aroused. He is moving upon you. He's doing something. You just need to be still. Are you with me? Second kind of response when we are moving with the presence of God. Is to engage and respond. There are times when God will move upon us. But he's doing a deep work inside of us. And he's moving on you. He, he's dealing with things inside you. Maybe hurts. Maybe fears. Maybe things that are inside you. Maybe bringing healing to your inner person. God is moving. And you are responding. You're crying. And, and So that's a time to engage with God. And you say, God, whatever you want to do in me, do. Engage and respond when God is doing that. So the tears are flowing. Let it flow. If he's changing you, he's correcting you, he's refining you, and and he's he's changing your heart, let it happen. That is so much better than, you know, having to go to some psychiatrist or whatever. He'll do it. Are you with me? This might sound a little ridiculous, but imagine a person on an operating table and he keeps jerking and moving all the time. You think the doctor can operate on him peacefully? Say, hey, be still. Let me do my work. So when God is moving on us, doing a deep, Work inside of us, bringing healing, change of heart, refining, dealing with stuff inside. Hey, be still. Let him do it. Engage with him. Respond to that and say, yes, God, do it. 
The psalmist described it like this. He, he uses the picture of the waves and things uh, of the sea. In Psalm 42, verse 7 and 8, he says, Deep is calling unto deep. There's something that's happening that, that is from the depths of the ocean. It's, it's like that deep is calling unto deep. But all I'm experiencing is that the waves and the blues of God, they're just rolling over me. And God is releasing his loving kindness and his song into my heart. Are you with me? So when God is moving on you, doing a deep work inside you, is dealing with issues inside you, just let him do respond to that. Say, yes, God, just do it. You can feel it. You would know God is dealing inside you. Nothing outside may be happening. You know, there is nothing phenomenal outside happening, but it's a deep work happening. There's healing. There's change of heart. There is change, whatever. God's dealing with stuff inside of us. Respond, engage with God and receive. A third thing would happen in the presence of God, which is there is time for exuberance, for energetic response. There are times when the presence of God is of high intensity and God wants us to respond with, with loud praise and dancing and, and shouting and celebration and we need to get into that. Amen? So like, oh, no, no, no. I, 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 I like the dignified stuff, you know. That's good. There's a time and place for it. But there's also a time and a place for the undignified stuff. The shouting, the jumping though. That's important. It's very important. Because it's the high praises of God that execute judgment on the enemies of God. Psalm 145 says that. In Psalm 24 we read about verses 7 to 10. It talks about the king of glory. It says, lift up your heads you gates. Be lifted up your everlasting doors and the king of glory will come in. Who is this king of glory? He is the Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, your gates. Lift up your everlasting doors. The king of glory will come in. Who is this king of glory? The Lord of hosts. So he's saying, you know, gates, you stand up strong. Open up wide. Because here is the king of glory making a grand entrance. Make his entry great. Make it uh, celebrate the king of glory. The one who's strong, who's mighty in battle is coming in. So lift up your hands and make it strong make make his entrance uh powerful it's like david he was dancing before before the ark of the lord as he brought it into the city of david so there are times we usher in the presence of god how we're dancing with shouting celebration in in psalm 29 it talks it says this the god of glory thunders so here's the god of glory who's thundering he's he's, he's making a loud noise he's he there is power in his appearance is coming. We must recognize that and respond accordingly. It's interesting that in, 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 in Revelation, which is, gives us insight into heaven, there are times in the book of Revelation where, you know, it's all about worship. The four and twenty elders, they bow down, they put their crowns, they worship God. But there is also time when in that same place of heaven where it's filled with the glory of God, there is praise. Revelation 19 verses 5 and 6 talks to us about it. It says, a voice came from the throne saying, praise our God. All you, his servants, who? His servants. And those who fear him, both small and great. Small and great, you praise him. And I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude. As the sound of many waters. As the sound of mighty thundering saying, hallelujah. For the Lord God omnipotent reigns. So in heaven, there is this praise that is like thunderous noise. Like mighty waters. There is worship, but there is also praise. In that same glory presence. Are you with me? So there's a time. There are times when we have to respond that way. And in that glory presence of God, there are times when God just says, I want you to receive by faith. 
when the presence of God is upon us, that's the time God is going to release mighty things. He's going to release miracles. He's going to release amazing things. And that is when God will call you and me to do things which we naturally would not do. But things will happen when he responds. Amen? He'll tell you to declare things that you normally would not declare. He will tell you to announce things that you normally would not announce. But in that presence, you receive by faith. Because the miraculous will begin to take place. And so you receive by faith. Even when you're in your personal time. So God, right now I receive by faith. Or in that glory presence, God says, now I want you to speak over your family. I want you to speak over your future. I want you to speak over your job. In that glory presence, you just declare. And things will begin to happen. Are you with me? In the last Sunday, we spoke about that property thing. And uh, somebody, uh, one of them sent me a message saying, uh, he, he came and prayed with me as well after service. And... Uh, he had a property. I don't know the full story of the, don't know all the details, but this is what happened last week. A person who owed him five lakh rupees and had not been able to pay him for a long time, that person was trying to sell property so that he could return this money. And when as he got to buyer, and by the end of the week, that money was given to him. So, uh, and it's not a full miracle, but it's the beginning of a miracle for him. Now, you just declare. In that presence, in the glory, when God reveals something, you declare it, you announce it, because things will begin to happen. Unusual things begin to happen. And you begin to receive by faith. The last thing I want to mention here is this, that we must learn to change focus. Follow the cloud. That means in your own time of, with God or in us as a corporate time, you know, there will be times when God is saying, I just want you to remain silent. So you're remaining silent for a time and God is doing something in you. Now God says, okay, now I want you to begin to praise me. So you get up, you stand up and begin to praise him. You, you begin to sing songs of victory and praise. Then God says, okay, now I want you to start making some declarations. I want you to announce things by faith. So you begin to start doing that. But we must follow the, in your own personal time, as you're waiting on God, God will move upon you like this and you've got to respond and act. When you do that, just out of your own bedroom or living room or wherever you're praying, you can impact great things. Are you with me? But you're responding to the moving of God's presence on your life right where you are. But so learn to change with God. So even in that one hour, God may move on you on different things. And you respond. You recognize the cloud. And you move with His presence. And you will experience mighty things taking place in your life. Amen? So as we close off this series, I want to encourage all of us. Let's press into more of the presence of God. Let's press into more. There is more. We need to learn. We need to understand, receive knowledge of the glory of God and press into more. Saying, God, we want to be a people among whom you dwell, among whom the glory of God abides. Amen. And we want to see mighty things taking place in our midst. The sick being healed. People being set free from every sickness, disease, and, and, and really walking in that glory. We want to see the, the things of God. Let's stand to our feet, please. I'll call our worship team up. And uh, let's just take a few moments to respond. I know we are well over time. Let us learn to respond to the presence of God, however he wishes to move amongst us, collectively or in your personal time. Learn to respond with God. There are times he may want us to just remain silent. There are times he's doing a deep work inside of us. We all need that. And when he's doing that, we just need to engage with him. We just need to respond to him. There are times he will call us to something that's exuberant, energetic. We need to do it. If you never dance, you dance. You stamp on your feet because that's powerful. Um, and, and God is releasing many things. There are times he wants us to respond by faith uh, and just declare things by faith, receiving uh, what he's releasing to us by faith. We must learn to go with the fall of the cloud, change with him as he moves. 
Thank you, oh God. Thank you, God. Can we do some high energy song? Uh, something like full of energy, full of life. Uh, pick the loudest song, you know, the noisiest song, <laughs> the most undignified song. <laughs> And let's have some praise. Let's declare victory. Let's, let's, let's thunder with the God of glory in this place. Okay, because the Bible says the God of glory thunders. The God of glory thunders. So let's do that. Let's have some thunder here as, as we just, you know, celebrate, exalt, just be exuberant about the God of glory, the King of glory in our midst. And just expect God to release things uh, in this place. Let's go for it. Spirit break out Break our walls down Spirit break out Heaven come down Spirit break out Spirit break out Break our walls Shaking up the earth and sky in the 
the enemy has been defeated and you have granted us each one of us the victory the victory God the enemy has been defeated the enemy has been defeated I just wanted to pray for two things right now, but I just want to lead us in a prayer. First of all, I just want to pray for things that might be in our lives, which, you know, may have been handed down to us by our generations past. And there may be doors that have been opened in our lives, and, and so maybe at this point, you're suffering, you're struggling, simply because of some dedication that may have been made in the past. The enemy is gaining access to you and it's, it's troubling you, tormenting you. But I want to lead you just in a prayer simply, a simple prayer right now, just to break off any point of entry over your life. Now, sometimes some of the things that we suffer, it's because an entry has been given to the enemy. And he has no right there. But the door's been opened. We're going to close that door and, and just say, no more, no more for our lives. I want you to just declare this with me. In Jesus' name, devil, I announce to you, I am redeemed by the blood of Jesus. In Jesus' name, any consecration, any dedication, any wow that was made by my forefathers, by my ancestors, to any demonic power in the name of Jesus I set the blood of Jesus against that I cancel every access to demonic powers over my life and over my descendants in the name of Jesus I cancel every access that the devil gained into my life by any door that may have been opened in Jesus name I am free I am delivered I am redeemed the devil has no claim over me no claim over my life no claim over my body no claim over my family no claim over my finances I am redeemed by the blood of Jesus and I walk in victory in Jesus name in Jesus name in Jesus name I walk in victory in Jesus name devil has no claim over my life amen Amen. Let's just praise the Lord. Lord, we praise you. I declare freedom, God, in this place. The breaking of any kind of bondage, any kind of torment, any kind of oppression, I declare it's broken. In the name of Jesus. Whether it's sickness, disease, insomnia, other kinds of problems, I declare it all broken. In Jesus' name. Thank you, O God. Thank you, Lord.
second thing, I just felt, I know it's way over time, but thank you for your patience. I just want to pray for one more thing. And it's this whole thing of unforgiveness. Now, sometimes some of the things we suffer personally is because there is unforgiveness in our hearts. And there may, of course, people hurt us. Of course, people do things against us, but we must forgive. Sometimes there are things in our lives that are blockers to the work of God. And unforgiveness is a big blocker. I just feel God wants to deal with that this morning. Sometimes healing is blocked because of unforgiveness. Sometimes blessings are blocked. All kinds of things are blocked because of unforgiveness. So would we just open our hearts here this morning. If there's any person that you need to forgive. Would you take a moment right now and say, God, help me to forgive. Help me to just release it. I'm not going to hold on to it. Would you do that, please? Would you do that? This is so important. Father, right now, as hearts are being changed, I pray that miracles will flow, God, that healings will take place, and the blessings of God will flow. As this blockage of unforgiveness is taken out of the way, let your healing flow, let your blessings flow. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Thank you. Whether it's your own dad, your own mom, or a sibling in your life, or some other relative, or somebody else who may have spoken ill of you, done things, just release it. Release it. And as that is removed out of the way, your healing will come. Your blessing will come. going to close but if you need prayer you want to be here for a few moments that's take your time but we will close father we pray that the grace of our lord jesus christ the love of god our father and the sweet communion of his holy spirit be with each one of us always Jesus name. Amen. Thank you. God bless you. You are dismissed. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, July 3rd. Sorry. July 3rd. Next Sunday, the service will be at Lincoln Hall Bolland Boys School. And again on the 17th, we'll have to be there. 
at Bolin Boys School. Third and 17th, Bolin Boys School. God bless you. Thanks. We trust that this message was a blessing to you. We'd love to hear from you. You can email us at contact at apcwo.org. Also, visit our website www.apcwo.org for additional resources. Thank you for listening and God bless you.